overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hello, and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. How are you doing, Laura? I'm on my phone. I'm too busy for you right now. It's your birthday. And no, you're don't recording that. on your birthday. Restart. How fun. Restart. <laughs> <laughs> and today we have with us celebrating Laura's birthday too. Oh, okay. Let's double Woo-hoo, down on that. Party. Two birthday mentions. Two birthday so mentions. About that. There will be more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, happy birthday to oh, okay. you. Okay. Um, we just lost. We just lost fifty percent of our audience, which means we're down to one listener. <laughs> we're down to one listener, and it's Annie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does that even count? No. You count, Annie. You matter. Um, we have tonight with us Nicole Radabaugh. Yes, I've, I've, I'm not sure if we, when we officially first met, I'm going to say women's retreat. Yeah, one of the years. One of the years, women's retreat. Um, But, and I, I, or maybe I met you before that because you play in the band with Kyle, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, I know for sure, I knew who you were before that, but I think maybe we officially met at a women's retreat. That sounds right. I think we met when um, I let you come to my house and trusted you with my children. Yeah, that was the first (laughs) time we we met. met. Not in advance before (laughs) that night. No, came in and I was like, nice to meet you, good luck. Well, she is our executive pastor's eldest daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So it does seem like a little bit less, like, terrifyingly... uh, I was not terrified at all. Yeah, it seems it seems less terrifyingly cavalier of you to leave your children. I was a bit terrified when I came back, and I thought, "Oh, she has set the standard too high for an adult willingness to play with children." (laughs) She was like flying my kids through the air, and they loved her. And I was like, "Don't don't look for any of that here, kids." I'm not offering it. They're super sweet. I still remember one of your daughters wrote me that letter and gave me support money. For That's my right. Mission she trip. pulled money from her own account. Oh, so how sweet! Thing. I only babysat that once or twice. I, I think it's going to be really validating for Kyle when he listens to this podcast back that um, Nicole said one of your daughters. Um, yes. Meaning that she can't name them all either. No, no one. Here's can. a quiz. Campbell. Campbell. Did. Uh, Campbell Porter, but that's a Porter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was there's a lot of I get confused. I was giving her a quiz to name all of your children. Oh, I can't. Kyle, no, Kyle could never have passed. I don't think he could pass now, and we're like three years into the friendship. Yeah, Kyle like routinely calls Lincoln Washington just because he knew it was a presidential name. Yes, he he just makes up names that he he makes up androgynous names for the girls that could work. Yeah, they work. It's pretty funny. I, I, awesome find, I find the comedy. <laughs> I, I actually, just call him Hey You. <laughs> I actually do think he knows who your children are now, but it's still funny to him to like make up androgynous uh-huh. names and then call Link, Lincoln <laughs> some president. Come here, Johnson. Monroe. I think he's called him Johnson and Monroe also. <laughs> hey, Hoover. Yeah. I was just thinking how many presidents I could come up with. So anyway, anyway Nicole. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I... Was born in the Houston area in the Woodlands, so north, 
North Houston and moved to Dallas when I was about 10 and finished up elementary school here and dad's always been a pastor so I've always been a pastor's kid growing up. Mm. Uh, grew up in the church and came to Dallas Bible when I was in junior high and have been there ever since so we're going on 10 years. Wow. Um, this year will be our 10th year here and super invested, um, was super involved in the high school ministry um, and went off to college. I went to Mary Harden Baylor mm. and I studied marketing and international business and just graduated in May and oh my started gosh. my big girl job a month ago. Where's wow. Mary Harden Baylor? It's in Temple, so it's Central Texas, right in between Baylor and UT. I'm not a Texas, a native Texan, so I don't know all of them. Yeah, like, it's like nearish to Waco. Yeah. 30 you minutes. Pass south it on your way to Austin. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. There's one little like, exit. Like Baylor. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, Baylor. And I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, it depends on the person, right? Yeah. I'm never going to see him again. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Baylor. Sit him. Seize up. Put your seize up. Yeah. <laughs> your seize up. Yeah. I'm always super impressed when people actually finish in four years because that wasn't my story. That wasn't going to be mine. But and you made it happen. Mm -hmm. I took 21 hours last semesters my last year. Gross. To make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just ready to ready to be done. Ready to be done. So pushed through and wow. made it happen. <laughs> are you? Are you? Where are you working? I'm working at WCC TV. Everyone thinks it's a TV station. Uh -huh. um, why would not. they? Why would they not. think it that? Not. <laughs> I don't know. They're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, basically in layman's terms, they provide um, security solutions to government agencies and infrastructure companies, so like construction companies. I talked to Kaylin about it yesterday. Oh, I feel like I couldn't even repeat what you just no, said. No, I totally understood what she <laughs> said, so let's move forward. Yeah, infrastructure. So, you know, dealing with theft and crime and trying sure. to prevent it. We're the yeah. crime fighters, you <laughs> yeah. know? So anyways, but yeah, so we just... Like physical crime or like virtual... No, like cyber physical. crime. Oh, okay. oh, wait, I was thinking cyber crime. Yeah, no, they're like actual cameras. Oh, okay. So I was I'm... thinking cyber crime. <laughs> yeah, that's why I asked. With infrastructure. She said the word infrastructure. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. So that's yes. what I do. So I call people and say, hey, this is what we got. Do you want it? Uh -huh. <laughs> and sometimes uh -huh. they say yes. Sometimes. Sometimes defeatedly they say mm -hmm. no. Yeah, a lot of rejection in that in that field, so... Hoping to grow out of that role. Um, Did Kalen tell you yesterday that one of his job sites got robbed? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're working together. Okay, yeah. there you go. I'll be in contact with them. <laughs> that's not a cold call. That's a, <laughs> no, that's a warm that's lead. That's a warm lead. That's a warm lead. That's a warm lead. That's so do, you, awesome. do you like it? Um, you know, it's been tough. It's... I said we weren't going to ask her that on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. No, it's, it's a good place joking. to be. They're based out of the UK, so okay. I work with few guys from the UK. I'm the uh -huh. only girl in the office. Okay. So it's an interesting environment. My um, guess is that they won't listen to this podcast. Probably yeah, not. Probably but in not. case, we'll just be diplomatic. Yeah, um, for sure. Well, and I was, Nicole and I have had a couple of conversations where I was like, you know, congratulating her on, on graduating from college. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the, the people that like tell the new mothers, this is going to be hard, really mm -hmm. hard, like gut check hard. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I was telling Nicole, this is going to be hard. This is going to be real hard. <laughs> this is going to be gut check hard. The grind yes. of having a job, like the first job out of college where you realize, uh -huh. wow, this is, this is what it is. This is uh -huh. my life now. This yeah. is yeah. my life now. Like I am the adult and I am responsible uh -huh. for the things and mm -hmm. it's not really that glamorous. Uh -huh. no. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's going to be a tough transition for sure, you know, getting into it, but see where it goes. Still yeah. pretty fresh. So still learning a lot. It's, well, it's good. 
Well, um, I was working for my mother a month out of or three months out of college, so I feel like in many ways you're already winning. You know, I try to tell myself that. You know, <laughs> I'm employed yes, by a company, right. like, and they're paying yes, me. That was, <laughs> isn't related to you. They didn't yeah. have to hire you. Was yeah. your job for your mom related to this? the motorized scooters? And it was camp? not. She did not own it then. <laughs> okay. Um, you weren't you were, you were yes. manning the What's scooter What's become station. the family business now yeah. was not the family business then. <laughs> then it was children's curriculum. And I was like packing boxes and sending boxes. Oh, and I was I like a warehouse I didn't worker. know Gala did that. She she was like the higher end administrative team. I was the the peon that the just did all the grunt stuff. That's right. And it was just so my life wouldn't be totally sad and empty because <laughs> with a communications degree, there's not a lot. There's not a lot out there. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, Nicole, I know you grew up in the church because mm-hmm. you're a PK. Mm-hmm. But how did how did you come to Christ? I think a lot of times we've talked about this before in the podcast. How kids that grow up, kids that grow up in the church sometimes don't have like this aha moment mm-hmm. where they're like, "This day I didn't believe, and this day mm-hmm. I do believe." Mm-hmm. But maybe you had an experience where you really felt like your faith became your own. Yeah, I mean, I or maybe you did have an aha. I moment. did have a moment. Okay. I mean, I don't think there was ever a day where I. You know, I think that's a blessing and a part of my story. So I don't think there was a day where I never, like, I didn't believe in mm-hmm. God and that, like, he died for me. Mm-hmm. That's something I'd always believed. But it's one thing to believe that and then to say, Lord, I want you to be in control. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember it was actually August of 2002 when I, I was five years old. And I was prayed with my dad in my bed and got baptized. And I remember I walked into the water. And it was, this, it was a pretty big church. And I whispered to him, I was like, oh, it's warm. But the microphone was on and everyone heard. <laughs> and everyone started laughing. And I just that's the only thing I really remember about that baptism. Aww. But um, I believed it and, um, you know, grew up, like I said, in the church, always super involved. Um, you know, tried to take those leadership roles wherever I could. Um, I'm kind of a natural, like, gravitate towards those. Um, and so spent a lot of time in the church, a lot of community in the church. But really for a long time, wrote on my parents' faith through that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really like, I believed it. I believed in it. Sure. But that personal relationship with the Lord where I felt like I had to rely on him every day and trust in him, it, uh, that wasn't there. Um, but I, I was able to go through the motions and really make it look like it, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was in col- uh, high school, I mean, I was a worship leader for the youth. And so that was a big thing. Like, I grew a little bit during that time, um, but it wasn't really until college where I realized, wow, like I, I've not been faking it this whole time, but really had to make it my own. What, what do you think, what was it about that college experience that you think kind of made you kind of see that? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a very lonely time. I like, am not always the best at making friends, kind of socially awkward a lot, um, and kind of waited for people to come to me. And in that like environment, in that You'd think in, you know, the private Christian school, everyone's going to, you know, find community and it's going to be this great godly friendships, you know, all these things. But that's not really what I found, um, at least the first few years. So it was Yeah, very... sometimes the girl from the Baptist Student Union smells yeah. you. <laughs> it happens. I yeah. yeah, I really like your hat. <laughs> Laura, Laura and I both have it's a some... great in. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that story from yours. But also, I actually at first thought you were referring to mine because oh. the Baptist Student Union girls avoided me like the plague because mm-hmm. I was like the crazy yeah. girl on the 
coming in drunk in the in the dorm. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, but that I, was that that was both public school. Laura and I are solidly public school. Mm-hmm. Girls. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you can get you can get little bits of that experience. Yeah, you, you for see sure. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my first two years were pretty tough. I didn't get involved in a church. Um, just kind of hopping around, didn't really have any sort of community. I thought I had it, and then, you know, the next year would come, and, you know, you never see those people again, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, you know, really found a solid church going into my junior year. Got super involved in the worship team there, and was leading a small group, and really felt like, I mean, that's when I realized how broken I was, mm-hmm. but that God was still choosing to use me, and wanted to, um, I don't know how to word that, but just wanted to not take advantage of that and really try to grow through that process. And not that everything, you know, changed from there, but I mean, my junior and senior year were still really tough. Whenever I, you know, started to struggle with things, I, instead of turning to the Lord and trusting in the Lord, even though I kind of had that like breakthrough, I like, I turned to alcohol a lot, mm-hmm. like my junior and senior year. Um, that was kind of like my escape of, you know, whenever I struggled with issues or you know was stressed or felt any feeling right because I'm a four you feel a lot of feelings (laughs) all the feelings um you know I turned to that and that was um just kind of how I dealt with my problems instead of turning to the Lord Mm. and so still was able to make it look really good on the outside being a pastor's kid growing up you know you're in the Snowball. What are those called? Snow globes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everyone's fish watching. Bowl. They always say fish, fish bowl. Yeah, fish bowl. But also snow globes. Snow globe same, works. Same, same. <laughs> it, it, yes. We're, we're tracking with you. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, you're always, you feel like you're always being watched. And I know that Aaron's done a great job and Kat and a lot of the staff of just becoming more transparent in the church. Sure. But I felt that pressure growing up of you always got to make it look Well, good. and even mm-hmm. if nobody's putting it on you, it's hard not to put that on yourself. For sure. So I still was able to live that out and really hide like a lot of those insecurities and a lot of those issues I was struggling with and just pushed them down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what I think caused a lot of, you know, some of the stress that I had and anxiety that I had and kind of loneliness and depression because I felt like I was in that alone, but had to still make it look good because I was the worship leader Mm -hmm. and I was a small group leader and I was on the lead team and I ran slides on Sunday mornings. You know, it's just all of those just really felt like I had to have it all together. And it wasn't until really my senior year where I just broke down. I was like, okay, Lord. I can't do this anymore. You know, it's too hard. I can't do that by myself. And so really, really started to see a lot of growth in my spiritual life. And, you know, here we are, new transition, new stage, really kind of refiguring out who I am and wanting to really take advantage of this time to really start to continue to build that foundation of really who I am in Christ, even though I've been a believer since you were five. 18 years, you know? So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, I love that you're talking about what's going on now yeah um and 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 not I mean I think this is a step towards transparency like you're not trying Mm -hmm. to paint it like and now I have it all together and figured out because I mean I think at my ripe old age um there are still times where I have to remind myself and today is Laura's birthday and she's 13 and a half that's right thank you (laughs) thank you um where I have to remind myself oh my gosh I'm trying to do this alone I think we've mentioned on a couple of the podcasts that um, Jess and I are in, doing a Bible study. We're doing Beth Moore's Breaking Free right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we were talking about tonight before this was just how we want to put bandages on things like and distract ourselves and try to fill up, fill up those empty spaces mm-hmm. with something else, whether it's like going shopping a lot or just being 
on your couch watching TV instead of mm-hmm. out doing what you're supposed to be doing or alcohol or drugs or promiscuity. Like there are just so many things that you can fill it up. We with. can fill it up and just distract yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even things that aren't unhealthy, like serving. That was one of the specific thing examples she used was just like serving in a church can become your faith instead of mm-hmm. actually saying, I'm motivated to do this by God. And yeah. this is all about pointing people to God and, not that you were doing it in like a way that's like, look at me, look how much I do. But right. I think even, there have been times like that where I feel like I, I check myself and I think, oh, I'm, I, this is actually really fake. Mm-hmm. And don't you think it can be both authentic and fake at the I same time? I think it can to- like, totally, I mean, like, I I, my like... heart could totally be in whatever I'm serving. But then there's a part of me that's like, am I really getting, am I motivated, motivated to do this? Mm-hmm. To just point directly to God, or is there a part of me that's like, "Hey, oh yeah, that, check me out." I would say that most human beings are a solid mixed bag, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I mean, a solid mixed bag because it's like I feel like even in even in our, I, I'm I'm like, I, come on, PK, help me here. Are you ready? Um, like, why can I not think of of the verse? But like, even even. Even like our offerings, mm-hmm. even our good offerings can be like filthy rags. Like right. even like mm-hmm. because they're they can be right. so tangled up with Well and not that you were being not, yeah, fake, not, yes, but okay. just yeah. like to me it sounded like more like, well maybe this will be an answer. Yeah, well, if I no matter, do the slides, if I do the mm-hmm. if I lead like the worship the team, validation, then maybe this yeah. this yeah. will be like that that bridge that gets me across to okay, my faith is real to me again. Yeah, I think I kind of use that as like a you know, I'm not growing in my personal relationship with the Lord because I'm so bogged down by, you know, mm. this sin that I'm in or this relationship that I'm in, but the fact that I'm serving in the church, like I'm still right. gonna be okay. You know, right. so sometimes like that can be an excuse to neglect for sure. My personal relationship with the Lord, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I think yes. I can use, you know, what I do in the church to to make me feel like it's okay that I'm not mm-hmm. in the Word or in prayer. Because look how much I'm doing for God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking of, of that, that um, so we're kind of segueing in, like, we, you know, we've talked about, like, how that can, like, we can get ourselves busy and doing mm-hmm. and, um, it, like... For the Lord, and then some, and sometimes that is like a, a distraction, but but God has also, as a believer, uniquely gifted you, mm-hmm. um, and given you gifts of the Spirit and ways in which He wants you to serve. How do you how do you see your spiritual gifts? Mm-hmm. How do you see you using them them in the church now? Yeah, um, I think a few things. I mean, one would be just like my heart for worship. I am. I know I'm not. You know the best worship leader out there. I'm not, I'm no, I can't even think of a worship. I'm no Carrie Job or, you know, anyone like that, but you know, I love it. And I love to create that environment for other people to enter into that time with the Holy spirit and to kind of foster that environment for others. So just that heart to like create a worshipful experience. Uh, I think the Lord has given me and wanting to train others up in that too. So in those leadership roles that I have had in the church, you know, with it being in my college ministry, it was really me mentoring those, you know, in our team, okay, you know, what can we do besides just singing songs tonight? Like, what's on your heart? What do you want to share? Like, that's a part of worship, too, is really being Mm -hmm. vulnerable and uh, opening that line of communication between the people on the stage and the people who are, you know, entering into worship with you. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
that call and response, right? Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I feel like Laura just <laughs> literally shook her head at me. She shook her head at me. It was like no. <laughs> anyway, continue. Oh man. Um, so 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 just so creating the space for worship. You feel like God is like putting you that desire to want to do that and a giftedness to do that. Yeah, I think it, yeah, that's definitely one thing. And then another. Would just be like my heart for students. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been interning at DVC the last two summers. Um, you know, getting to pour into junior high and high school girls, and they mean a lot to me. And I remember what I struggled through, and I'm not far removed from that. And just I wasn't, you know, I didn't have one person who really just poured into me and listened to everything I had to say and wanted to teach me specific things and. Um, and I want that for them because that's something I feel like I missed out on a little mm-hmm. bit and can see the benefits that can be reaped from that and wanted to be that for them. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I still get to do that. I mean, I'm not the intern anymore, but. Oh, okay. I was going to say, how do you do that with, or now, like how, mm-hmm. like, how does that look? But you're yeah. not doing that right now. Yeah. I mean, I still meet with them. I still mm-hmm. go get coffee with them. The girls that you've had. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. So just trying to like continue to, you know, build upon those relationships I always told them, you know, I was like, the summer's over, but our relationship isn't over. You know, that's, it doesn't mean anything. Um, so whenever I was home from school, I was always trying to reach out to them. But that's awesome. I think they're so cool. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, a lot of maturity, especially in the group at Dallas Bible and the young girls. And just wanted to help foster that in them and see them grow and be a part of that growth. So yeah, that's something I'm super passionate about and hope to continue to be a part of. So That's really neat. And it sounded like, too, you were saying... Like, even though church service got a little bit, I don't know, not sketchy, but just maybe it wasn't coming from your heart Mm -hmm. for a little bit, you are, um, you do lean towards leadership. Mm -hmm. Like, that you do seem like a natural leader that people would turn to um, and and look towards as, like, so I just think that's so cool for those girls um, Mm -hmm. to just see somebody cool and young and... Like you've got tattoos and like this stuff that I would speak to I didn't even know them. you had tattoos until tonight. Yeah, no. Your husband asked me on Sunday. He he immediately saw my tattoos and asked, "What did your dad think? <laughs> what did your dad think?" <laughs> you know, they were at first they were kind of like, eh. but that's forever. <laughs> but you know, it's they're at this point. They're like, at least they're not flames, and you know. I well, really Laura, Laura, Laura has the godliest tattoo there is. Well, I don't know. It's not a cross. It's just... A, <laughs> it's a Jesus fish. It is a Jesus fish. It's something. I also got... Well, we won't talk about the circumstances under which I got it. Um, so, Nicole... Okay, this <laughs> is so funny to me. So, Sunday, um, Nicole sat in front of me in church, and I was sitting there saying, Oh, we're excited to have you come on the show. And she said, Oh, yeah, I was just listening to Lena Sage's podcast and I was like oh cool and she's like yeah actually I hadn't oh, no. I hadn't really listened to the podcast before she and I was like oh really I was like well and she's like yeah well I'm almost done now she like listened <laughs> like four to, days I've binged to us every <laughs> single episode I don't know if we have a binge listener other than Nicole <laughs> like oh Nicole's our first binge listener <laughs> yes I you know I figured and she I'm... said she wasn't sick of us yet oh good yeah I'm sick of us more excited <laughs> but you know? oh good that's nice yeah. to hear we've been <laughs> binge like, oh, so no. I wonder if like Apple Podcasts is now going to put us under like the binge worthy yeah yeah i'm sure recommendations i'm, I'm sure 
I'm sure that's what's about to if happen. If not, I'll write a letter saying that I was, <laughs> I was like, binge. I yes. totally binge this. I feel like it could fall into this category. Yeah. This and all of the true crime podcasts that yes. people actually will binge. be like listed right there. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just at work, you know, doing data collection, had my mm-hmm. little AirPod in under my hair. Don't tell nice. me. But it's just, you know, had my laughs and had to make up some reason why I was giggling. <laughs> this data entry is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. No, but. Well, good stuff. I feel like you've kind of generally described um, God showing up and kind of, I call them nudges. Mm-hmm. With me, it can't ever be a nudge. It has to be like a full-on Heisman Shove. push. Yeah. <laughs> um, but can you describe a time when, when God showed up in a big way for you? Like a struggle that you had or a, like a period of brokenness mm-hmm. where he mm-hmm. kind of entered in. Yeah. Um, you know, after my freshman year of college, I actually um, did not what is the term? Register? I didn't Mm -hmm. re-register. I was like, I am done. I did not like it here. Mm -hmm. I had the worst freshman year I could have ever imagined. Everything that you thought, you know, could go wrong in college Mm -hmm. went wrong. And I was just like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I didn't re-register. I was applying to be missionary. I was like, this is what I feel called to do. This Mm -hmm. is what I need to do. And, you know, started to go through that process and the door was shut and the Lord just kept calling me back and was like, you're not done at UHB yet. And I was like, are you, mm. are you sure? You know, are you sure, God? Because I don't think... Mm-hmm. I, I don't, think feel, the, I don't feel the Heisman <laughs> push yet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it turns out, you know, I was not done at MHB yet. was able to get in all the classes I needed to get in. Oh, wow. Um, that is a that is a miracle. Yeah, that's rare. Um, but, you know, the Lord, I just saw his blessings from then on out. Um, you know, my roommates, my junior and senior year became my best friends. Like, mm-hmm. if I ever get married one day, they're going to be in my wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really created really deep community with the band at church mm-hmm. and, you know, with my college pastor, he was just super intentional with me and, you know, growing me as a leader, but also reminding me, Hey, sometimes just be, you know, mm-hmm. was very, um, honest with me about what I was struggling with and was there for me through it. And so mm-hmm. the Lord really just said like, Nicole, I know you don't really want to be here right now, but I'm going to give you all these blessings through it so that mm-hmm. you can you can get through and it's not going to be just you getting through, but you're going to enjoy it. And you know, you're yeah, going to feel blessed. And it sounds like he did that with other people, like, in, mm-hmm. like just putting people in your life that it was all about the people from then on out for sure. Just confirmed that you were mm-hmm. supposed to be there and that he could build into you through them. Yeah. And honestly too, just throughout my entire life, like the Lord has always blessed us financially. I mean, with, I mean, my dad being a pastor, my mom works in nonprofit sector, you know, the Lord's always just in miraculous ways, you know, car breaks down. Okay. We can't afford to go fix the car, but you know, random check shows up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just those, the Lord has always given us little like winks, Mm -hmm. you know, in that sense. And so even through college, I worked 30 hours a week throughout college, you know, and took classes and was involved in other things. That so. definitely makes it less fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so this isn't your first experience with the real world. I worked like 30 <laughs> hours a week at drinking <laughs> when I was in college. No, so I loved my job. I feel like we're really so it similar. It didn't feel. It didn't feel. What did you do? Feel. I worked in the athletic department. So oh, fun. Loved it over there. Um, loved my boss. Loved the people I work with. So you worked for the college. Mm-hmm. So you made at least $5 an hour. <laughs> yeah, barely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean... I, I love that job and um, 
forgot what where were we, we even talking you, about? You were talking about how God we were talking how like we were talking about a time that God showed up for you. We we're talking about through the people, and oh, I yeah. think maybe you were you were that relating how like you've God has always spoken to yeah. you that way, Just like giving you affirmation your whole, along your the whole way. life. Yeah, you've had God kind of mm-hmm. showing up and giving y'all weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I got I got a dog my senior year, and he's super cute. And I remember just sitting in the car with my dog crying because he kept throwing up, and I had to take him to the vet. And you know, vet bills are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a college kid, working at the university, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh shoot, Lord, like how how am I? I can't afford to pay this bill. And I just remember sitting in the car crying, like, okay, Lord, like I need you to show up because mm-hmm. there's no way that I can make this happen. And within an hour, I got asked to babysit for like an eight-hour shift, and oh it paid gosh. for the whole bill. So it was just one of those things where it's not like, mm-hmm. okay, the check didn't show up, but the opportunity did, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And so the Lord's always, through that, I've always seen Him being I, faithful. So. I pretty much paid for seminary um, with the scholarship that they gave me and uh, dog sitting. Why did about getting a scholarship? I think everybody got a scholarship at, at DTS. Like you just like it wasn't like because I was so like whatever. Anyway, uh, but a scholarship from DTS and um, dog sitting for Chubby Willie and Esther, these two elderly dogs that lived in Lake Highlands, and the people. I really me... wanted the couple's names to be Chubby Willie and Esther. <laughs> no, sadly, this is the dogs. Okay, but I every summer of seminary. I would end up uh, dog sitting for them for two weeks and it would pay for a semester of seminary. Like my job would pay for, like I could save enough in the summer to pay one semester because I somehow lived off of $900 a month and paid for seminary. It it was miraculous. But Chubby Willie and Esther were a big part of that Mm -hmm. because they paid me $64 a day. Wow. $64 a day to sit in their house, eat their frozen pizzas and watch their elderly dogs. It was a fantastic gig, yeah. and it would be like two weeks, and it would pay for whatever my leftover balance from what the, mm-hmm. the scholarship was. It was you amazing. You were blessed by Chubby Willie and Esther. That's right. <laughs> That's a special story. Chubby, Chubby Willie. Chubby Willie was a schnauzer that looked like a footstool, like <laughs> very wide. I feel like that's what I was picturing in my mind. It, yeah, well, he was. He was a very fat schnauzer, and Esther was kind of like maybe a border collie-ish looking thing. They were an odd couple. Like Steve, but less scruffy looking. We have the actual odd couple. Oscar and Felix. Isn't that... That used to be a show. Oh, yeah. Right? That's, that's your pet. I've never seen it. But yeah, we don't have Oscar anymore, unfortunately. But it's just What's Felix. your dog's name? My dog is Tommy. Okay. Thomas, if he's in trouble. Thomas oh. He's yeah. in trouble. He gets full named. Yep. Thomas for long. Tommy boy. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, um, what... We always ask this, this question... What's your big ask prayer? Like mm-hmm. what? Like what in this next year or or life life dream? If you want to, I know yeah. like you're like what are you twenty three, twenty two, twenty two. Mm-hmm. Okay, Maybe. so you probably might not have honed in on your life dream yet. Yeah, don't think so. I don't yeah, know but, what my dream but, is. But for... what's your big ask prayer for God? Yeah. What's 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 one of those things that you would like to just see Him open up for you? Yeah, um, I think, you know, a big thing for me right now is really placing my identity in him. And that's something that I've always struggled with growing up and through college. And, you know, being a type four, you always struggle to place your identity Mm -hmm. and you you place it in your feelings a lot. And whatever you're feeling, that's who you are, you know, Mm -hmm. and always kind of placing 
the way that you feel about yourself on others and viewing them as thinking of you that way, you know? Mm -hmm. And so really um, honing in on, you know, I I know it in my head, but there's that disconnect to the heart where, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something I struggle with a lot. So just really that I would take this time, you know, as I'm refiguring out who I am, what I enjoy, you know, what I want to do with the little bit of free time that I have, but really, you know, embracing that identity on myself and believing it in my heart, not only in my mind. So that's kind of my big, big prayer for myself right now. And that's, that may seem little, but that's, that's not little. That's that's a life life dream for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and I don't think that just has to be for yourself. I mm-hmm. think when you are working towards that, it hits, it touches other people. Like yeah. That, that they're affected by that too. So I think that's a great big ass prayer. Yeah. I mean, I, for sure, because I think it's, um, it models to other people, um, that their worth isn't tied up in their achievements mm-hmm. and their worth isn't tied up in, as Laura likes to say, I'm outsourcing their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. you, you know, when you have something solid, something that does not change, um, like God and what mm-hmm. he says about you and what his word says about you, when, when that's your source of identity instead of the shifting sand, mm-hmm. uh, that's a, that's the world. Um, that's, that's, that, that is attracted to other people and it gives them kind of confidence to put that trust mm-hmm. in God too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super thankful. I've had a lot of really awesome women at DBC that have been pouring into me since I was in high school, you know, and have been teaching me that, you know, and that's just something I'm going to, I think ultimately going to have to hear from the Lord to really be able to embrace, but mm-hmm. I'm getting that instilled in other areas too, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Thankful for that. So. Now, do you have any old friends from church that have come back to church, like, after college? No. That's okay. the thing. It's a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, you're home. That must be nice. And, like, you know, like, I'm living in the same room I grew up in. But Yeah, that's a low point. That's a low point for me. <laughs> Maybe not for you, but, like, yeah, when I moved back from college and I was living at home and working for my mother, it's like, this is... This is not what I imagined post-college yeah. to be. Yeah. Also, I was not 22. <laughs> we won't say the age, but I wasn't 22. It's like, this is a low point. She was 12 and a half. No, no. Nope, sure wasn't. Sure wasn't. Double that. That's how old I was. Um, but yeah, I think that that's that reality check of like, this doesn't feel like what I totally wanted yeah. it to feel like. Well, I'm okay to be at home for a while. Sure. I mean, I... I love being with my family. They're awesome. You know, it's just, it's different. It's, it's, I mean, the church is the same. I mean, it's changed a lot, but you know, who I am is not who I was four years ago. And what I enjoy is not what Mm -hmm. I enjoyed four years ago. And so it's really like I'm coming home, but I'm a different person Mm -hmm. and it's a different place. And none of my friends are here, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's still, it's still a huge adjustment. Um, Yes. You know, so just like you were saying, it's just, it's a lot different, even though you think, oh, I'm going home, back to the same thing, same mm-hmm. routine, you know, it's still. But you're like, I think different. that what you said is so true. You're different and you're trying to identify who you are, how you are, what you like. But back in my. Back in this same <laughs> yeah. space. Like, and I don't know, there can just be some friction there. Yeah. And, maybe, and I'm not saying with your parents, but just internally, like. 
For sure. Where do I want to go to church? Where do I want to make mm-hmm. friends? How do I want to worship? I think some of that can um, can come to surface. And I don't know if you're going through that or not. Yeah, because just... so many things are different and so many things are the same. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so now they're kind of meeting and now you got to figure... It's exactly yeah, it's like doing. It's Figuring like out friendship, things. like different friend groups colliding. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like... Oh no! How is this gonna go? You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is this? Yeah. What's What's this gonna? What's What's new Nicole gonna look like in this mm-hmm. old setting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I said, it's a transition and it's an interesting one. Well, we so appreciate you coming on tonight. It was fun to get to know you better. Mm-hmm. Someone will be listening to you in their hidden AirPods at work. <laughs> Very probably <soon>. binging. <laughs> probably binging it. Yeah. I'll be like the 30th episode. Of yeah, episode. that's right. Oh, I, I think you're sweet that you think we've done 30. Hey, <laughs> I, mean, I, think we, I think it's, I mean, it's post 20. Is it really? It is. Yeah. Wow. I know. I know. I can't believe it. Our I listenership just... has probably reached like 12 to 16 now. <laughs> Something like that. Totally. Something like that. Hey, uh, and guess what? Um, Cindy Helmuth did get my message via podcast. <gasps> Good. No, she, she did. She did, but it was mostly because Annie said Jessica mentioned you in a podcast, in a podcast so <laughs> you, you should, should listen, listen to it. it. <laughs> I told my dad the other day as I was listening to them, I was like, Dad, you get mentioned in these podcasts a lot. <laughs> like when you mentioned him in spandex shorts, I was like, Laura's talking about you running around the church in spandex, and she's. He responded to me and oh, said, God. someone's lying. I don't even know. I don't even remember saying that. It's like 90% of my life. Oh. I said that? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. It sounds pretty Public funny, though. So I probably. Look, she even she can even say. Mm. Uh-huh. See, I. But yeah, I met with Cindy yesterday. We had coffee. I and love Cindy. She's so and I asked her, I was like, what's your, what's some advice going into this? You know, and she was like, just do it. You know? Just <laughs> roll with their crazy. She was hilarious. She was, yeah. she was great. She is. She's a good ball. Well, you were great, too. Thank you so much for coming. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening to Embarrassment of Riches. We'll see you next time. Bye.